Good morning, church family. Pastor Chris here. We are so thrilled that you're joining with us today. Thanks, Pastor Kathy, for those announcements. Well, as you can see, I got a haircut. And uh, who do I have to credit for that is my wife, Kylie. Uh, I was... I had fear and trembling in my heart as she had the scissors and the clippers on her hands, and uh, she went at it, and this is the creation she's come up with, and she did a great job, and so I'm so grateful that I can have a lighter head today because of my wife, and I'm sure many of you will have to do the same in your homes. You'll have to do things that you've never done before, haven't done for a long time, and so I'm grateful to save some money, and I'm also grateful to have a lighter head today. God bless you, friends. We're so glad that you're with us again. We are continuing with part two of our seven-week series called Life in Exile, Thriving in a COVID-19 World. And last week, I started by speaking to you about adding goodness to your faith. This morning, I'm going to speak about adding knowledge to our goodness and to our faith. Scripture this morning comes from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 to 8. I'm going to invite you to stand in your homes in honor of the reading of God's Word. If you're not with us, last week we were studying each of the key words listed in verses 5 to 7. And if you were here with us last week, we are going to read the scripture again. We're going to be camping here for a while. And my hope is that over the next few weeks, you will memorize this verse for yourself. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to repeat. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me the bolded sections. And we're going to do that so that we can strengthen our memory before then reading the, vo- the rest of the verse in one voice together. Okay, so follow me. For this very reason, say that with me. For this very reason, for this very reason, make every effort. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Okay, one more. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And one last one. Here we go. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. Okay, okay, good job. You did it. Now let's read the rest of the verse together. And to knowledge and self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, good job, families. Uh, Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word in 2 Peter. Thank you that we can memorize this word and have it in our hearts and in our minds today. Lord, help us, God, to jump into your word as we navigate what it means to add knowledge to our faith. Lord, I pray that we would become knowledgeable about you, knowledgeable about the God that we serve, that we would know you intimately and deeply, God, that nothing would shake that foundation of relationship. The things of this world would not overcrowd that relationship. We would protect that relationship. Jesus, may you be at the center of each and every life we pray. And Father, we pray that today all distractions, all worries, all anxieties would move away and move beyond because of our relationship with Jesus. We have a knowledge of you, and when we have a knowledge of you, we know the truth, and it's that truth that sets us free. 
So we stand upon your promises. We stand upon your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. You may be seated. Well, I wonder if there are any Jeopardy fans with us this morning. Any Jeopardy fans out there? Uh, Kylie and I are Jeopardy fans. And if you're unfamiliar with this show, Jeopardy! is a general knowledge quiz on various topics. And the three contestants must phrase their answer in the form of a question. What is blank? Or who is blank? Now, Jeopardy! would not be Jeopardy, of course, without the iconic voice of Alex Trebek, its longtime host. When playing Jeopardy!, there is this indescribable feeling of elation that comes up within you whenever you answer one of the questions correctly. If you play this game, you know what I'm talking about. I remember one Christmas a few years ago, Kylie and I were watching Jeopardy! and Kylie's, at that time, 16-year-old cousin, her first cousin, was with us, staying with us for Christmas. Now, an adult would naively think that a 16-year-old does not have enough life experience to know or have not learned enough or read enough to compete in Jeopardy. But boy, was I wrong. Our cousin is highly introverted, but she has an exceptional ability to retain all kinds of information. So as we sat together, she answered almost every question correctly, which left me feeling miserable inside. It also left me with a deep appreciation for who my cousin is and how knowledgeable she had become at even such a young age. Now, I might have a doctorate degree. You might have degrees of your own. But I daily feel that there's still so much that I don't know and I still need to learn. And so we must all commit to being lifelong learners. I think Christians, more than anyone, should be a lifelong learner. Apostle Paul here reminds us of the centrality of God when understanding and knowing things in Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and for him are all things. You see, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has counseled God? To whom is God a debtor? We are just small, finite human beings, but he is infinite. Our God is the great I am. And so if we want to understand anything, we have to put the lens of God upon our eyes so that we see things His way. That way we will truly know the truth. Perhaps our greatest lack of knowledge then is our knowledge of God, and we need to grow in that today. I want to challenge you in that area of your life. This morning I want to share three types of knowledge of God that we need to have in order to add to our faith and to goodness. The first point this morning, a a personal knowledge of God. You and I, we need a personal knowledge of God. There are two kinds of revelation in Scripture. The first kind of revelation is called general revelation. And this is the way God has revealed himself to all of humankind through creation. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, he taught us, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without an excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. 
with general revelation itself, there is no excuse for any human in all of history to not glorify God. No excuse. It was King David who in Psalm 19 verses 1 to 4 penned these beautiful words, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. See, God's creation in its own unique way testifies of the glory of God. How great God is. And during this time of isolation and distancing, I encourage you to take a break. I encourage you to get outside and get some fresh air. Don't be cooped inside all day, every day. Sit outside with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate and stargaze at night. Or go for a walk or go for a hike in an isolated place if you love the outdoors and allow nature to direct all of your attention to God. What an awesome creator he is. Secondly, the second kind of revelation is called special revelation. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 describes it best when the author says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. You see, God had certainly spoken to people in the past, but I want you to know that God continues to speak to us today. And the loudest and the most clearest way God has ever spoken to humanity is through His Son, Jesus. To have a personal relationship with Jesus is to have a knowledge of God. It's not enough to have grown up in a Christian home. It's not enough to identify with Christianity as a religion. We must have an intimate relationship with Him. See, faith is not imagination, nor is it wishful thinking. It is anchored in the revelation of God. And this is why Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able. See, he had this conviction in his heart that God is really who God says he is. I wonder if you're able to articulate the gospel if someone asked you, what is the faith that you believe? Are you able to share your personal testimony with someone? Are you able to make a basic defense, an apologetic defense for your faith? Because as 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Are you able to give an answer today to those questions? See, it is both through general revelation and special revelation that we have a knowledge of God. See, the first emphasizes God as the great creator, but the second emphasizes that God is our Savior, both of them in Jesus Christ. And if you today do not have a personal knowledge of God, I pray that through this message, by the end of this message, you will open up your heart, that God will open your eyes so that you can have an encounter with the living Jesus today. Second point this morning is a primary knowledge of God, a primary knowledge of God. 
I remember throughout my years of education and studying, I remember Bible college and seminary students graduating from their three or four years of study, beaming with a sense of accomplishment and pride, believing that they had finally arrived. No longer were they pastors in training, but they had become theologians. Many students would spend their days debating theological and doctrinal issues, whether they were Calvinist or Arminian, whether they were advocates of predestination or free will. Some of you are like, what? <laughs> There's all these theological battles. And instead of building bridges, what those students would do, would, they would build up walls. Pastors and theologians building up walls amongst each other. Different factions who believe different things. And over the years, I've realized that no matter how much you study the Bible, you will never be able to master it. You will never be able to draw a box around it. It is a magnificent piece of inspired work from God. It is a living document with fresh insights, with timely relevance. It never grows old. You can always find something new inside of it. And every believer needs a firsthand, not a secondhand knowledge of God. What do I mean by that? Well, reading books by others who comment on the Bible can never satisfy that longing in your soul. You must read the Bible for yourself, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. You need to read all of it. Don't omit any of it. While books and commentaries are there to aid your study of the historical and literary background, of the Greek and Hebrew language or the theological or doctrinal concepts, in no way do, do these books replace the primary source itself. So how much time are you spending in secondary source material about the Bible and how much time are you spending in primary source material in the Bible? So if you want to have a knowledge of God, you not only read the scriptures, you allow the scriptures to read you. It reads your life. It deals with who you are and what might be wrong with you, what you might be struggling with. You see, this knowledge is not the accumulation of head knowledge. The Word of God is a formational activity. The knowledge of God must travel 18 inches from the head all the way down to the heart. Listen to James's challenge in James chapter 1, 22 to 25. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's my prayer for you, that you will be blessed in what you do because you continue to open the Bible and allow it to read you. See, reading the Bible must produce Christ-like character within us. I encourage you to take notes or journal whenever you read the Bible. I encourage you, when you read, to write down your observations, to write down the applications. Let the Scripture shape your prayer life so that you begin to pray Scripture-guided prayers. Because you cannot know God apart from His Word, the primary source. God has inspired the best-selling book of all time, and I think you ought to read it. Take it off the shelf, dust it off, and open it up. I promise you, it is the living word. Third point this morning, 
a practical knowledge of God. We need a practical knowledge of God. Every believer that has a personal and a primary knowledge of God needs a practical knowledge of God. And those who have the knowledge of God are endowed with the Holy Spirit. This Spirit resides in us, but this Spirit also comes upon us to empower us and enable us to do more than we can do in our own strength. There are several gifts of the Spirit distributed by the Holy Spirit that pertain to knowledge. I want to draw your attention this morning to the Apostle Paul's list in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. And it helps us to understand how our knowledge of God impacts the body of Christ. Listen to the scripture. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. The Holy Spirit distributes these vocal gifts but they are also subject to the individual meaning that they can be used in appropriate ways and then also in abusive ways. And from time to time, we receive a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge in our services or among a group of people who are believers. And they go hand in hand, just like speaking in tongues and the gift of interpretation go in hand. A word of knowledge is new information made known by the Holy Spirit. But a word of wisdom is that knowledge rightly applied. The gift of prophecy is coupled with the gift of teaching. You see, the role of the Spirit-led teacher is to clarify and bring order and simplify the primary or the biblical knowledge for all believers. And once again, it is Donald G. who says at best, prophecy sets on fire that which teaching enlightens. Utterance of this inspired character must always come with added authority and power. Furthermore, with the combination of the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation, the unknown becomes known. Do you see how knowledge is in operation there? The unknown becomes known through the power of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit that enables the speaker to speak in an unfamiliar tongue is the same Spirit that enables another speaker to interpret in a familiar tongue. And so the Apostle Paul describes the mystery to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 2.13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Friends, the Holy Spirit enables us to have practical knowledge of God that helps us to discern the right decision when we're confronted with many good options. It helps us understand what is best to us and to the Holy Spirit. It provides detailed application instead of general information. And friends, you need the power of the Holy Spirit alive and at work in your life, not just for your personal benefit, but for our corporate benefit. You must come to church with a desire to contribute something. Now, I know it's difficult because here we are live streaming. You're not here with me in the building. 
But I believe God will speak to you before and after service. That God will continue to speak to you if you're connected to the Holy Spirit. That he will give you words that you can share with me. And at the appropriate time, if it is good for the congregation, I will share it with them. We can't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. We need to step into the work of the Holy Spirit. You must come to church with a desire to contribute And for many, that contribution will be some form of practical knowledge as the Holy Spirit enables. So 1 Corinthians 14, 26 encourages us, you and I, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you have a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. And when the Spirit enables us to have knowledge, we will build up the church when we share it. With those with a message of wisdom, with those with a message of knowledge, with those with a message of prophecy, with those with a, the ability to distinguish between spirits, with those with the message in a different kind of tongue and with the interpretation of tongues, please obey the promptings of the Spirit and speak up. We need your voice in the assembly. God wants to use you just to ensure that it's the Holy Spirit speaking in and through you. And it's not your flesh. It's not yourself. As we conclude this morning, I want you to think about somebody who's famous for a moment. Take, for instance, our local example of the one and only Justin Bieber. Yes, not my favorite choice, but I thought this was somebody that we all might know a little bit about. You're probably familiar with him. He's so young. He's so talented. And the majority of us have at least a distant knowledge of Justin Bieber. We have some knowledge of his life, and we know something about him because he is famous. We read things about him in the tabloids. We see him making appearances on television. You might listen to his music and feel like you know him even through his lyrics, through his own personal experiences. Now, a minority of people might have a more direct, closer knowledge of him. You might have a connection with him because he grew up in the neighboring city of Stratford. You might know someone who knows him. You might know someone who grew up with him. You might know a relative of his. And then an even smaller group of people have actually met him or even had a conversation with him, and it's your claim to fame. Oh, yeah, I know Justin Bieber. But very few of us would be considered an intimate friend of his or even talk to him on a regular basis. You see, unlike Justin Bieber or any other celebrity, Jesus wants to be known personally by you. You can have direct access to him 24-7 at any time. He does not want you to be just a fan, someone who knows of him from a distance. He wants you to be an intimate friend, someone who is counted among his inner circle. Friends, where do you stand in your relationship to knowing God? Do you stand in a distance? Do you stand close to him? Or are you intimate with him? My prayer is that you would make your way from the fringe all the way to the core during COVID-19, that you would take this time and leverage it so that you can grow in knowledge, you can add knowledge to your faith, and you can grow in your intimacy with Jesus by looking to Jesus, by studying the Word, by being led by the Holy Spirit. And if you know Him, would you dedicate this time to Him? 
For this very reason, my friends, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. May you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray.